There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when balancing life, I have to say nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most, State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, however you choose. That's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Is it hard for you to understand English when people speak fast? I'm Connor from the Listening Time podcast, and my goal is to help you understand English better. That's why I created Listening Time, a podcast designed to help English learners improve their listening naturally. In each episode, I talk slowly and clearly about a different topic like travel or U.S. culture, and I give you the transcript that shows every word that I say. Listening Time is the perfect tool to help you understand English better. The Listening Time podcast is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Hachido, hachido. Concha, concha. Chancla, chancla. Fabuloso, fabuloso. Uh, y tu novio. Selena, bad bunny. Lele, lele, Ponte un sweater. You should ponte un sweater. What about Tapatio? Oh my god, I like. I put lemon on everything. Anyway, get in here, you raging stereotype. My name is Curly. And I'm Maya. And welcome to the, the Super Secret Bestie Club Podcast. A super secret club where we talk about super secret things. Say super secret one more time. Super secret. Super secret. In each episode, we'll talk about love, friendships, heartbreaks, men, and of course, our favorite secrets. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Super Secret Bestie Club Podcast. Did I do that right? Mexicans in the room? Stop appropriating (laughs) my culture. Mexicans in the room. Did I do that right? So today we are talking about how Latine, Latino, Latinx media has changed. From our point of view, we have both been on the internet for freaking years yeah right? almost a decade at this point i mean i've been on it since i was 16 and i'm 29 how many years is that uh i don't know 32 i've been on the internet since no. i was like oh, excuse me 
<laughs> I've been on the internet since I was like Continue 18, 19, and I'm 22, so like not that long. You're but goddamn liar. <laughs> I don't know. This Botox on my face might prove otherwise. Okay. Anyways, so we've been in the business for a long time. We've been making Latino content for a very long time. I actually, even before Pedal Life, was making Latino stuff at BuzzFeed and kind of like uh, tapping into things that were part of my culture growing up in LA as the Salvadorian queer individual. Um, but we've watched it kind of morph into so many different things now that just and weren't I'm around. Tr- like I'm trying not to be shady at all, but it's like you truly don't know what it's like unless you've lived a long time throughout like these things changing. Yeah. Like I started making YouTube videos and doing, I was like a teen blogger when I was 16 and I was blogging about like crafts and, and I was like singing and I was making skits on YouTube and, um, I made stuff before, but like I made stuff for this page called being Latino, which is like, it was like me and Jay Mendoza, shout out Jay Mendoza, um, who like Mexican Salvadorian. Uh, oh yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so sweet. Like throughout the entire, like I've met pretty much a lot of the Mexican creators and I was brought up at a time during my like, you know, my little come like, up. my come up, mm-hmm. like I knew all of the Mexican influencers and they were all men and all of them were not that nice. They were all doing the same thing. Jay was always the one who stood out and was I always so nice to me and just made the funniest stuff. Um, but yeah, we were making content at a time when nobody was making content the way we were. Yeah. And then when I got to better, like, um, it like when I watched Beto, like I was like, oh my God, this is so cool because not only are they playing into the relatability of our culture, but it's funny. Like it's so funny. I love that. You know, like yeah. and I, I really admired um I thought like Curly was so funny on the channel and I really loved Jenny. I was like so if I ever get there to BuzzFeed, I really want to be mentored by her. She's then so funny. What happened? <laughs> But like part of the reason why we wanted to bring this up is because, you know, we've seen the transformation from YouTube to or like from Vine to YouTube to uh, Facebook Facebook. to Instagram to now TikTok. Like and we're just seeing kind of like reiterations of jokes that either we already made Mm -hmm. or like things that are rooted in stereotypes and things that like we're like oh we did that and it's not to be like the old people that are like oh we did that already like but we did that already but we did that already you know i mean respectfully humbly yeah and there's a lot of people the thing that's really cool about um i don't want to make it sound like we did that i i do want to say that we do get a lot people do give us our flowers Mm -hmm. a lot people are very kind to us and they'll tell us like they watched us and and people just treat us with a lot of love and respect which i really love and appreciate um but one of the things too that we saw was that some people like hate on the content i do have a friend that was telling me how she saw this tiktok about people hating on better like and every example that they showed was actually a uh a me too video <laughs> so i don't know i haven't back seen in the day. back in the day um but we were like we're not the same we weren't the same we did a lot of things to stand out we did a lot of things on purpose to not feed into stereotypes we tried yeah. really really hard um and obviously like we're constantly learning and changing and growing. And I've seen, like, I think one time I searched up Fettle Like on Twitter. I saw so much critique when I searched up Fettle Like on Twitter. 
And a lot of people were critiquing some of the videos we made that like I'll agree were like maybe not the most um, thought out or, but it's also like at the time when you're making something at the time in that era, it's like, so you don't know any better. Yeah, You know better when like, once you know better, you do better. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles. Because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there, I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. That's why I make sure to empower my community, because a bit of motivation and support can go a long way. And luckily, we have State Farm to support us. Like when you talk to a State Farm agent to choose the coverage you need, and they have the options to protect the things you value most. It's the perfect positive tip you need. State Farm is also a big supporter of the My Cultura Podcast Network, where we as podcast hosts get to share our experiences and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Is it hard for you to understand English when people speak fast? I'm Connor from the Listening Time Podcast, and my goal is to help you understand English better. That's why I created Listening Time, a podcast designed to help English learners improve their listening naturally. In each episode, I talk slowly and clearly about a different topic like travel or U.S. culture, and I give you the transcript that shows every word that I say. Listening Time is the perfect tool to help you understand English better. The Listening Time podcast is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. 
His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. So I remember at BuzzFeed, I remember we had a meeting. It was me. It was kind of like the founders of Better Like, right? Like the Latino creators at BuzzFeed um, and me. I don't know why I often get forgotten, but I was there in this table with them. And we were talking about how we can be in different departments and what we can do. And I was in the illustrator department and I was like, y'all make videos and I'll draw. By the way... Curly is a great illustrator. Thank like you. I don't know if anyone knows that, but I don't have you talked about while. that. That like, yes, you went from the kitchen, but you then you started to be on the animation. I was on team. the an- animation side. That's and what then, got me out of the kitchen because I used to draw. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then you got to better like so it was like Yeah, I need to talk about that too, to be honest. But you know, it was interesting because for us, like we kind of were trailblazers in our own way in terms of like making Latino, Latina, Latinx content which also had changed that even that word changed in the time that we were creating this media for a major company. And we had like people that we were competitive against, like it was better like me too in LA, which was predominantly Mexican flama in New York and, uh, which was and remezcla, you know, was really dope. And we kind of, um, you know, behind the scenes, we would see like we would get competitive, but in a good way. But it was fun. I think the really cool thing about us is that we were very like almost like hip hop in our attitude. Like we're the greatest rappers in the game, but like you still gave each other flowers. Like you still were like, damn, me too really handled that. Me too really yeah, did that. I remember they would drop a video and we'd be like, oh, okay, we're going to do this video next. And then they would drop a video and then we would drop the video and then they would be like, oh my gosh. But we were all still friends. All still friends. And still talking about the same issues that even though we worked at these different companies yeah. and maybe me too was predominantly Mexican run by like, you know, a Latina and yeah. ours was like not, yeah. we were still going through the same issues this, of same trying to push climb. the needle of culture. There's one story that um, they were wanting to get Frida Gallo content out. And they, I think they were trying to, and then we dropped a, a Frida Kahlo video. I remember that. And it, I directed and that video it. Was I beautiful. creative directed everything, and it's such a beautiful video. And I don't know who told me, but they they told me that everybody went around the computer and they were like, "That's a curly video." <laughs> it was because that and I video. Love that. What a compliment! Like, uh, and that's I miss those days too because I remember we would all be like, "What are you working on?" And we would pop in on set. And Curly had all of these like plants. Everything was filled with fresh, real plants, real and plants, flowers. Bugs. And I had all these bug bites all yeah. over me. I was bleeding, directing. And it was like so beautiful. And like, yeah, I, I, yeah. I and that's the type of shit that would set us apart is that we would really like think of things in a different way. Absolutely. We really put a lot of thought into what we we're doing and how can we be different. Um, and it's always like, changing i think one of the things that was really important to me um and I, a lot of the members of better like was the diversity and how we could play into things that were um authentic 
but not tropish. So like, how can we tap into the culture and how can we tap into parts that are us and we celebrate it, but at the same time, they're not like stereotypes, right? So like, uh, you know, we were joking earlier, but like chanclas and hot Cheetos and different music, but like, but you know, how do we um, tap into different things? And I think one of the things that was really important to us in the beginning was like, yes, we can be cholos. Yes, we can be hood as fuck. Yes, we can be like, Look, because, you know, everybody in my family talks like this, too. Like, mm-hmm. it's fine. Mm-hmm. But also, I do have family that are doctors and I have a neurosurgeon cousin. And I have a cousin who's hood as fuck, who puts, like, crazy things on his Instagram. I mean, my identity was always being, like, the pocha. And that was something that was people in the comments called me first. I never really know. I, I didn't really know of that word until I got to Betalike. I knew a little bit of it, but like everybody Mm -hmm. in the comments were calling me like, oh, she's just a pocha and like all this stuff. And it's like a really offensive word. And even when like I started using it to like kind of take it back. Yeah. There's articles that people wrote like that is problematic. Why? Because like you were the first like that I remember, like there was nobody that I remember who was not only owning that identity of not being able to speak Spanish that well, but making it funny and likable. Right. Because now we have like no sabo, right? The no sabo kids, no sabo which kids. I've always known it was no se. I swear <laughs> to God, I, that's one thing I've always known. Like, yeah. it's just like. But that wasn't a thing when we were coming Yeah, it up. was not. A, it was not a thing. Because even when you joined Federal like people didn't even want you on the team. There yeah. was, a th- I mean, even myself. I told you yeah. where they were like, "There's a new girl starting," and I was like, "Well, does she speak Spanish?" You're like, no. And yeah, I was like, nobody fucking like. How me. does she not speak Spanish? <laughs> and then you joined, and I was like, this and then is I good. made this them fall work. in love with me. Because yeah, exactly. But like, yeah, it was like a thing where we were like a lot of times the first of our kind on this. Yeah, platform. and it was hard because like I reclaimed that word for myself because people were calling me that mm-hmm. and it was very hurtful. They were calling me whitewash, Americanized. And I decided to use bocha concha also because you called me that. Yeah, because you had conchas on your desk. Yeah, and I love conchas. <laughs> like naturally, like not even using it as a stereotype at all. Like me and like one of my favorite members. Oh, I feel like I'm going to cry. Do it. No, I don't want to. <laughs> I One of my. Oh, no. I don't even want to say what it is. What is it? I don't know. You heard it here first, America. <laughs> no, I mean. Like one of my favorite memories with my grandma, mm-hmm. with my nani, is like eating conchas with her and coffee. Mm-hmm. And so, like that was like a little piece of home for me coming yeah. from LA. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, my makeup's gonna get makeup's a gonna come I didn't even know Maya had freckles. By the way, I saw a photo of her today. I was like, "You have freckles?" She was like, "Yeah." yeah I don't freckle appropriate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the reason why I like loved conchas so much was because my family and I would eat them all. It was a bonding thing. So I would, I had to bring something from home yeah because being mexican in arizona is different than me being mexican in california oh absolutely like totally it's a different experience well our mexican food is better here um okay (laughs) (laughs) we always think about where's the mexican food better and no comment la arizona or texas it's all different it's and, in tijuana and is every single yeah, honestly yeah tijuana is really good um and mexico city when we went to mexico city mexico it was, city like, was amazing bomb. um yeah. but yeah so i authentically used these things for myself as a form of like keeping my culture yeah and so when we used like the word pocha concha it was a term of endearment 
for me instead of something that made me feel less than, which is what the audience was trying to do. Absolutely. And like, it wasn't the end of the world, but it not only did I have a shaky experience um, with my identity like already, but then to have people confirm that, I was like, either I'm going to like, go home and say I tried or I'm gonna fucking bust through this shit yeah. and be proud of being bocha. Yeah. Like, but I remember being in that meeting with you and you saying your ideas and I had like a little bit of a light bulb moment. I think I've always, like I'll look at, hear people and I'll have that moment of like, no, 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 that can work. And I remember that you pitched the idea of like not when you're bad at being Latina uh-huh. and it was like, yeah, you know? Um, the other thing too is like, there was a study that we got back. I forget who, uh-huh. I don't know who did it, but basically we got this data that showed that Better Like was ahead of the curve. They were ahead of it, ahead of the game in a lot of ways because we were talking about a lot of issues. When I tell you that all the media that is out right now in terms of talking about Black Latina people, trans Latina people, non-binary people, people who are at the Latino table who didn't who don't speak Spanish, all these different ideas. When I tell you that nobody was talking about this shit, and we were creating like content on the daily about it. Mm-hmm. I yeah. don't know. Um, we weren't qualified to do that. <laughs> like well, as far as like we, we were learning from each we other were on learning. our team. Yes, but and also luckily we had a lot of um, not a lot, but like some Latinos in the news org at our at BuzzFeed who would say, hey, you guys need to talk about this, or we would clarify and fact check things with them. Um But I mean in terms of like micro and macro identities. Yes. Like Pero like oh, yeah. was ahead of the game. I think it even showed that we were ahead of the game and of ahead of Telemundo and Univision yeah. who still And we're not saying behind. this to like toot our own horn, but like toot toot. But also oh, yeah. like, Did it sound like I was my own horn? No, I'm just I saying like was. some people will take it a different way. because okay. um, if if you weren't around during that time, you just don't know. And you it sounds know, yeah. different. Um so it's interesting that we are getting a little bit of backlash to some capacity or some people will hate on us because it's like when you're the first, you're going to fall on yourself. You're going to learn things in the moment. You're going to fuck up inevitably. Like we did not have good budgets. We did not have a lot of support from our major companies. Absolutely not. And like we had a lot of white people around us telling us we should like talk do about certain things. certain things. And like at the time when I got to pedal, like I had three white managers Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like it wasn't until maybe i was there for a couple of years that we barely got got... a latina manager yeah before that we needed a latina or latine um social person Mm -hmm. because when we would title the videos remember we would be like five things abuela whatever blah 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 they're like abuela doesn't really do well try grandmother yeah yeah it's such an interesting thing, just all the things that we have. So it's interesting to get kind of get like this backlash, but we were in it for so long. And then we kind of got tired of it. Yeah, I got, t- I felt like I had no, nothing else to really say because I had done like, basically like we all in our time there had done many docs of our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a couple of my Spanish journey. I did some of my love journey Mm -hmm. of my body image journey. Like I just, you know, and I also didn't want to take up a lot of space continuing with my whole thing of like, I'm learning Spanish. Cause it's like, I'm still learning Spanish. Like 
give it to some like give give the spotlight to somebody else because yeah. somebody asked me the other day like would you ever go back to Petal like mm -hmm. and i was like no like mm -hmm. the people who are there now deserve the spotlight yeah like they deserve to have that i already did that did like that, i want yeah. a different and like i don't know catering to a latine latino audience is hard yeah it is difficult because say that too like why is it difficult catering to a latino audience or latine audience is hard because there are so many subcultures like there and and experiences living in between the hyphen and then there's like latin america like oh absolutely there's being being latino in america then there's like you know well i always say there. that like u.s market u.s born latinos a lot of their identity is from their parents and we were laughing about this before because we were like, and our parents' identity is rooted in their country 30 years ago. Uh -huh. So it's like if I were to be like, man, L.A. in the 80s, it was just, and then you're like, that is, but we then don't. I have a different experience because my parents' country is America. Mm -hmm. Their parents' country was split, was Mexico and America. So it's like they came to America to be, and they wanted to be whitewashed yeah. and Americanized out of survival. Out of survival, so yeah. So our experience are different. Our experiences are different. So how do you create content that makes us both feel seen Absolutely, and heard? yeah. But it's I impossible. Think it's impossible, but also there's the thing of like, the things that connect us are sometimes mm -hmm. the stereotypes. It's sometimes like the, like for me, people go fabuloso. Like we used like cheap, Pine salt. We use like a the bootleg pine salt in our house, you know. So like fabuloso for me, I'm like, oh, didn't we grow use up fabuloso? It. You know, for us, <laughs> yeah. like, I never got the, the chancla. My parents went straight for the belt. Yeah, so we I got were the like belt. the chancla. Was oh, like, I got both. I never got a chancla <laughs> thrown at me in my life. You know, yeah. um, th there's just different things that it was kind of hard to create. I think the thing with the audience, and this is what I always talk about across all aspects of latino media is like not only the people creating it but the people watching it like the people taking in the content they also they're also partners in this dance mm -hmm. um because a lot of times what happens is like if the stereotypes or the tropes aren't there people think that it's not authentic mm. where where's the chocolate joke yes a, we don't have to put a chocolate joke it. in everything like we've already like, done it like Hot Cheetos, and and there are a lot of creators who have built their platform off of Hot Cheeto content, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I I don't want to knock on their hustle because like they've made beautiful careers, have like mansions and yeah. cars and everything, and it's like for sure like go ahead, but at what point are you going to acknowledge that you are responsible for playing into stereotypes? Absolutely, but you're also responsible for making people feel happy and seen and love their culture yeah. even more. So it's and it's you know split. what my favorite chips are Dorito Flamas. Not hot Cheetos. And my sister, who was hood as fuck in the 90s, her favorite word, cheddar ruffles. Her favorite word? Her favorite chips. Cheddar ruffles. <laughs> You're speaking a different language to me. Wait, what are they called? Ruffles cheddar? Ruffles. Cheddar ruffles? Ruffles. It just doesn't sound right. <laughs> ruffles? Cheddar ruffles? Yeah, ruffles, cheddar, and sour cream. Ruffles, cheddar, cheddar. <laughs> oh, Ruffles cheddar in sour queen. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what else we used to eat too? Because I don't think we had hot Cheetos growing up. We would eat Fritos and we would put limon in it and chile and then shake the bag yes, up. Yeah. We ate hot Cheetos, but a lot of lime. A lot I don't think we had of hot lime. Cheetos like that growing up in, the, in LA in the 90s with like with me and like my cousins. I think we didn't have, I don't remember hot Cheetos like that. So, what a 
horrible experience. I'm so sorry. I mean, we had elotes. We had raspados on the street. That's the other thing, too, by the way, that I miss about old school L.A. is like it didn't matter where you were. There was always a truck selling um, vegetables and fruits in front of your house. There's always a señor um, selling raspados or paletas or elotes. And our version of Ding Dong Ditch is we'd be like, oh, yeah. And we would hide. Like the the corn the elotero would go ding 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 ding. That's ding. rude. We're eight years old. We go oh yeah. That's rude. <laughs> That's rude as fuck. <laughs> It's so fucked up. But like, that's what we do. The interesting thing right now that we're seeing is that Gen Z is kind of coming for millennials, which is us. Yeah. Kind of you. I'm 93. (laughs) 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 Um, Yeah, it's very interesting because they're like, oh my God, it was so cringe when they did X, Y, and Z. But it's like. That's what everyone was doing back then, you know? Like, I bet you the generation after them, oh. But we talked about this in our other episodes. They're going to come for them. We're talking about, it's it's giving white. It's giving Western culture. But Latine Gen Zers are saying these things, though. The content Me Too used to make and better like, they're like, all of them are responsible for blah, 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 blah. I'm like, are we? Like, No, it's like this thing of like, first of all, who wasn't angry when they were like in their teens and 12 years old? Like, I was very mad as well. Um, I feel like as you get older, you kind of calm down about things and you kind of understand, like, oh, I see why you did those things. Like, I see why as uh, cultures that are often oppressed and forgotten, why you have to do certain things. And you have to realize at the time when we were making this content, it was YouTube and Facebook. We were not making content for Instagram yet. No Twitter. There's yeah. no TikTok. There remember, was no short form things. Yeah. Remember when we were like, we need an Instagram. And better like did not have an Instagram. We we're like, we need an Instagram. We were the ones. The team was the one yeah. who, and even I was the one who was like, we need a TikTok. You were like, we need a TikTok. Like nobody And was now on they're TikTok. like profiting off of TikTok. And I'm like, where's my money? Where's I'm my money? But I mean, things like that where we were like, we're not doing it for ourselves. Like yeah. we're doing it because- we want to be on TikTok. Yeah. Or we want to be on Instagram. We want to be on these platforms that are like doing these things. Yeah. But yeah, it's just interesting when I see kind of like critiques of PL I, and and when Gen Zers are talking because I'm like, you haven't really lived yet enough to understand where we were. But yes, there were some things that I think everyone has done that, you know, we learn about yeah like i'll take accountability for all that oh, stuff yeah. See, you know i mean definitely accountability like a- across the board like that's what everybody should a healthy human should be taking accountability for certain things but i also to be honest i haven't seen or heard a lot of it i'm not on twitter and sometimes we would be in videos i wouldn't really know what the video was about they would just say hey talk about x y and z your experience mm-hmm. and then i would see this video is like when you're x y and z i'm like oh I didn't know that, mm-hmm. but because you wanted to help out your coworkers and yeah. you wanted to also be in videos uh-huh. and you wanted to like, you thought you were helping. But like, where do you feel like Latino media is going now? Honestly, I I like where it's going. I like that these new people are like, you know, even though sometimes I see they're recycling some of the things that we're doing. Yeah. They're doing it in a f- way that's funny yeah. and that is also touching on topics that we never touched on um and i think it's um they call out people and they are very strong in that and i don't think we i mean we would call out people back in the day but like they do it in a way that's very very quick smart 
um, efficient. I mean, part of our goal, I think, with Better Like was to open up the doors for there to be everybody at the table, everyone's voice to be heard, all these amazing things. And in a way, it happened, right? Like, not because of us, but because of, like, different platforms. But, like, in a way, we are seeing that. And I think it is amazing to hear about different people talking about different things, different ideas, more people bringing their own unique Um, experiences of living within the intersectionality of our identities and putting them on platforms, you Mm -hmm. know, and speaking up for themselves. And there's more accessibility to, to make content because you, yes, you can make content on your phone and upload it to YouTube, but you like, you know, trying to edit and all that stuff. Like it's so accessible to get your point across, to make somebody laugh or express yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. and I think that's what I love about like the internet nowadays is that people are so creative and us as a culture, it, we just have such a beautiful culture and we are evolving as we go. And as these generations come up, like they are changing the narrative constantly. And I have so much respect for that. Yeah. And, um, I can't wait to see where we're going to be at yeah. in, you know, a I'm couple ex- of years. I'm excited to like continue to see people talking about the things that I was passionate about, like was like, the colorism, the racism, the misogyny, the the gender binaries and all these things. Like, I'm excited to see the younger generations kind of bring it up and talk about it because that was something that was really important to me as a creator at Better Like, um, which is uh, still a, very important to me to learn about every single day. So I like that young kids... And we didn't go to school. We didn't go to college. Yeah, we dropped out. So it's nice to see college, it's nice to see college kids... College educated. ...making content. I do want to say that at the end of the day, like, we are so proud of everyone. We don't hate. We're celebrators. We love people. We love to see our community doing the damn thing. It's just hard. And I know I know the TikTokers or Instagrammers, like, who are Gen Z and coming up, I know they're experiencing their own hardships with yeah. all of this stuff, too. So what I'm saying also is, like, you, too, will understand, yeah. like, the complexities of creating content for, because we're not a monolith. Like, yeah. You know, it's it's complex. Absolutely. But yeah, I think it's changed. I think it's it's changed a lot, but it also has not changed a lot. It just got yeah. the jokes just got shorter. <laughs> They're just packaged in a different way. You know. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles. Because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there, I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. That's why I make sure to empower my community, because a bit of motivation and support can go a long way. And luckily, we have State Farm to support us. Like when you talk to a State Farm agent to choose the coverage you need, and they have the options to protect the things you value most. It's the perfect positive tip you need. State Farm is also a big supporter of the My Cultura Podcast Network, where we as podcast hosts get to share our experiences and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Is it hard for you to understand English when people speak fast? I'm Connor from the Listening Time Podcast, and my goal is to help you understand English better. That's why I created Listening Time, a podcast designed to help English learners improve their listening naturally. In each episode, I talk slowly and clearly about a different topic, like travel or U.S. culture, and I give you the transcript that shows every word that I say. Listening Time is the perfect tool to help you understand English better. The Listening Time Podcast is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the astrology portion of the podcast. Since we're talking about stereotypes, which sign actually is their stereotype? Yeah, which sign do we feel like falls into the stereotype category? I don't feel like I'm like a typical Aries. Like, because there's also differences between like the stereotypical Aries is like loud and they're you know, and, and intense. I find that the one trait that I think about Aries and Sagittarius, maybe Aquarius is y'all are stay distracted. You're like, I'm going to do that. Oh, I'm like that as well. But I think it's because I have 72 things lined up in my head that I'm like, okay, I did A, B, and C. I need to figure out D. <gasps> like- Virgos are definitely their stereotype to a T. Um, but it's just different because each Virgo is like, I think they, 
express a different area of their Virgo-ness. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like, I think you're very much like, not critique, but you have a, a high standard yeah, for things. Yeah, absolutely. I once saw this thing as a kid that said Virgos are most likely to get paid for their opinion. And I literally get paid. <laughs> wow. <laughs> for my opinion on shit. That's like, true. Like, and I dated I a Virgo like who did the same thing. Yeah. And I was like, they're so cool. This I love great. that. I don't like that. What about Geminis? I feel like Geminis, I... Do you think that the two-faced thing is real? I don't know about two-faced. I think they have two different... Personalities. <laughs> I have found I that people with Gemini placements, I'm like, who is that? But the thing is, I was talking to a Gemini yesterday about this, and I was like, people don't allow you to express two parts of yourself. They just want you to be the same thing because it's familiar. Mm. So, like, if you don't want to go, if you want to go to this party tonight, you want to have a rager, cool. And then the next weekend, like, we're going to this party, and they're like, actually, no, I don't want to go. Or yeah. like in a split second, they can change their mind. Yeah. And people don't like that because yeah. they like consistency. Yeah. But it's also like allow them to be themselves. Like Absolutely. if they don't, if like I know if I'm with like any one of my Gemini friends and this because this is how I am too. Like one day I know to expect not to expect anything yeah. because they're going to change their mind and which is fine. I'm like, do you think like who I am when you meet me is who I am in private? When you meet Like, am you. I the same person? I feel like I, I'll meet you and be like, I'm insecure. Like, I'll tell you that in line the supermarket, and then I'll tell you. But I'm confident at the same time. I'll, I feel like, I don't know. Yeah. Because I'm trying to compare our signs to Geminis. Because I feel like Geminis will, like, give you one thing in private and then a whole other oh, thing in public. see, that's different. Where I'm like... Have you experienced that? Yeah. I will say that. And sometimes I'll catch them on it and be like... This is how you feel about this person. You need to be that consistent with them IRL. Yeah, and exactly. Like, I know, I know. So that I will say, yes. What about... What about Tauruses? I was going to say Taurus. Yeah, oh my, oh my God. God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Tauruses. My mom's a Taurus. One of my besties is a Taurus. My sister's a Taurus. The man that I'm dating right now is a Taurus. Um, There's a lot of Tauri. I know. Tauri. Tauruses is... Anyways, um, I find that they are very loyal, super loving, mega stubborn. Like that oh, is a stereotype so stubborn. that I'm like. And sometimes I'm like, I can't. I'm stubborn already. I'm like, go be stubborn in that corner over there. Cause... It's interesting because people think like stubborn is cute. I'm stubborn. It's cute. No, this is like. They're bulls. They're bulls. My mom's face, like Selincha. How do you like, uh, like, um, like she gets swollen, like when she doesn't want to admit something. She's like, and I'm like, it's okay to say. (laughs) I'm like, it's okay to say sorry. Just say sorry. She's like, sorry. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) Capricorns. Oh. Capricorns. Okay. I'm gonna start. I want to be nice because we've done 49 episodes, and I believe. 47 episodes, I've dragged them. So for this... (laughs) Yeah, let's let's give them, throw them a bone. I feel like what I love about Capricorns is they get shit done. And that is is true to their stereotype. Yeah, that is true to their stereotype, which I love to see. Yes, very much. Like Elvis Presley, Problematic Ass Elvis. We just saw his movie... Uh, tomato, tomato. Tomato, tomato. You saw I the was, movie? Yeah, I just saw it. Oh, you did? Did yeah, you was, like it? I thought it was good. Yeah, it was good. Um, but problematic. Problematic. That's <laughs> what. And Dolly Parton is a Capricorn. Dolly Parton. As well. I they mean, get shit 
They done. get shit, shit done. Dolly they, Parton was writing like 72,000 songs because Capricorns are just like on spiritual crap. I respect that about them. I wish I had that. People are like, Virgos, they're so organized. They get shit done. I'm like, no, it's the Capricorns. You guys are up in here. And sometimes it's hard to take that and conceptualize it. Because I'm the same. Virgos need a Capricorn next to them. That's yeah, the truth. Yeah, that's true. What about... um Lightning round. Okay. Leos. Leos. Um, I find that their stereotypes are they are mega anal about cleanliness what? a lot of times. They're I, known. Yeah, I find mm, that Leos and my... I've never known a Leo that's Actually, like that at all. And I, I'm surrounded by Leos. Leos are... I, they live up to their pridefulness. Mm-hmm. But the pridefulness can be in different areas of their life. So it could be like within their work or themselves. There's most of the time it's like self-image. Um, my brother is a double Leo and he is very prideful, sometimes in the wrong way. Thank you for using a coaster. Oh yeah, absolutely. I do find that Leos are have a little bit of an ego. Oh, 100%. Josie, do you think you have an ego? These are our producers, by the way. <laughs> I feel like if I say no, I'm lying. <laughs> I think I'm a double Leo too. <gasps> because of my Pisces rising. Wow. I'm a Pisces rising. I'm sorry Ooh. for the both of you. August and Josie are our producers. But yeah, I find that Leos have that. Who else do we miss? Wait, I'm I'm a double fire sign with the with the water sign rising. So that's interesting too. Who else do we miss? Sad. No, we did Sagittari- Sag. We did no, we a first. We, we kind of touched up a little bit how they're a little like Sagittarius definitely live up to their stereotype because they're so much fun. I love them so much. My mom's a Sagittarius. I have a lot of best friends who are yeah, Sagittarius. But you can't get them to sit down. No, but neither can I. You're, yeah, I said that about Aries. I literally said Aries Aquarius. Why'd you group us all in one thing? Because I said the one stereotype You know how long I spent on talking about Virgo out of respect for you and I got grouped into and you grouped in Aquarius? Fuck you, bro. I'm done with this. We're done with this segment. Anyways, and that, who, who do we forget, though? Libra, man. Cancer. <laughs> Cancers. Cancers love love. I just love how much cancer. Cancers are legit. I would not know love if it weren't for all the cancers in my life. Shout out to the cancers. Squishy and passive aggressive. I me too, but I'm just like, say what you're really thinking with all of that like passive aggressiveness. Just say it. I love my little cancer babies. Come here. I feel like cancers are grumpy. (laughs) They are because they give so much love and then it doesn't get reciprocated. That I'm like, (laughs) and I'm like, come here, my little (laughs) baby. I like crab. I do like crab. I love crab. Anyways, that concludes our Zodiac section. So basically, um, yeah, Latino media, Latina media has changed in so many different ways and it'll continue to change. Um, And I'm here for it. I think one of the biggest things that I think you can do as a creator is um, create longevity for yourself and to evolve like very much we could have been those people that are like all of these people these days are making all of these things and blah blah blah, and not evolve like yeah you know in the way they're making tiktoks like i had to step back and be like okay my videos aren't working on tiktok let me see what they're doing let me see what the platform is yeah. and let me see what these other people are like making. how do we learn it's always about how do we learn? and exchangeable information between the generations yeah. and taking accountability for yeah. some things that you were not educated on or maybe you were wrong about and learning and doing better yeah. like there's I nothing have, wrong with that i have since day one always been excited about uh specifically because i'm a queer individual i've always been excited about diversity and i'm excited to see that now more than ever we're seeing that more and more across platforms we're seeing that more and more on 
bigger channels like, you know, networks, Univision, Telemundo. We're seeing people try. We have a long way to go. Long way. A long, long way to go. Because we didn't even get into TV and film. We didn't even get into it. We have not seen enough Black Latinos. We have not seen Asian Latinos. We have not seen, like, so indigenous people. Fill in the blank. Exactly, who are, like, uh, living in the intersectionality of identities within the culture. Um, And I'm excited to see it grow and keep going. And we'll be watching and we'll be playing alongside all of y'all, like, learning and growing so um this of course we just want to send everybody so much love keep doing you um and you are valid yeah whatever lane you in whatever lane you in (laughs) whatever lane you are in you are valid so just create content go out there you are the you 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 are are the future the future 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 Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Super Secret Messy Club podcast. Curly, how can they find you on social media? You can find me on TikTok and Instagram at the Curly B Show, B as in Velasquez. Maya, where can people find you? You can find me all over the internet at Maya in the Moment, M-A-Y-A in the Moment. Thank you so much. Chancla, chancla out. Concha, concha, concha fabuloso, out. Fabuloso. You know, because Doritos are just kind of supreme over Cheetos, I think. Who's mad at a tortilla chip? Nobody. Make sure to hit that subscribe button to hear more episodes every single week. The Super Secret Bestie Club podcast is a production of Sonoro in partnership with iHeartRadio's Michael Tura Podcast Network. For more podcasts from iHeart, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 
and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.